Today's episode is with Olympian Cheryl Hayworth. You'll have to pardon me with this episode because Cheryl and I go way, way back and we have a lot of giggles and a lot of laughs in this episode. She is a bronze medalist in the Olympics in 2000 and an Olympic team member in 2000, 2004, and 2008. She holds many records, has been to the world championships, and she started the sport of Olympic weightlifting, I think when she was around 13. We totally cover that in the episode, but I hope you all enjoyed this episode with my longtime dear, dear friend and badass Olympian, Cheryl Hayworth. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast with Meredith Atwood. We all have the same 24 hours each day. And it's what we do with those hours that makes all the difference between our health, happiness, and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood. Today's guest is Cheryl Hayworth. And I'm laughing. (laughs) Because we're in person. We're on video, too. We're breathing the same air right now. I know. That's awesome. So Cheryl Hayworth is a three-time Olympian in the sport of Olympic weightlifting, and we go way back, like way, way back. I remember you coming into the gym in your Savannah Christian outfit. In my skirt. Yeah. Your little plaid skirt. Your little white (laughs) starchy shirt. Ready to lift weights. A little headband or something. My mom used to make me wear headbands. Really? Why do I remember the headband? Because it was tragic. <laughs> so you leave that out? So when I told my husband that I was having Cheryl on the podcast, he said, no one's going to listen to that because all you're going to do is talk in your secret language and laugh <laughs> the whole time. So we'll see if we're going to do that. So I met Cheryl when I was 16, maybe. How old were you when you walked 13. into the 13. So we're four years apart. No, somewhere like three and a half, three or four. So that makes sense then. I drove to the gym in my little plaid skirt and walked in, and you had to be brought by your your little, uh, yeah, your little (laughs) Mustang, your little green aqua Mustang. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah, we took a lot of rides to uh, random fast food locations just just because somebody else besides my mom had a car, and so it was a thrill. Do you remember the time? (laughs) This is probably so bad. I don't know where we were going. Actually, I think it was Jason's birthday party, and we put, like, 12 people in the car, and you were like, you can sit in my lap, and I was sitting in your lap. and we, In your car? I don't know whose car we I was we going to say, in. who was driving? I don't know. But I I'm remember sure I happens. was sitting in your lap, and there was, like, two very substantial women in the passenger seat <laughs> going to the store. Well, and- it was... When when I started, it was middle school, right? And yeah. everybody was in high school, typically. It wasn't until years later that everybody had a car. So, like, those first couple years was so-and-so had a car. We could all go eat some food at some <laughs> ridiculous place after training. Yeah. Mongolian barbecue. Oh, yes. Yeah, so good. I remember that. Oh, so good. Thank you all for joining us on this walk down memory lane. <laughs> so Cheryl walked into the gym at age 13 and us 17, 18 year olds were doing our thing, like working really hard and training and Cheryl walked in and we were like, oh, so that's what a weightlifter is <laughs> at 13. I mean, you, the first day you walked in the gym and put your hands on a barbell, I think you power cleaned. 
120 pounds. Yeah, it was like 50 kilos. I yeah. Think. Something like First that. First day. So let's talk a little bit about where you started, which I know where you started, but everyone else doesn't, and then kind of the progression to becoming an Olympic athlete. Well, it was sort of one of those stories of uh, being in the right place at the right time. It was a fairy tale. It was. It was. No, it was just really um, a series of events that cannot be replicated under <laughs> any other circumstance. I mean, I, I, w- I always knew I was a strong kid, you know, um, outside playing in the yard, in, in the woods, building my tree houses like I did. And, um, and I could, I, I moved well, I was fast for because I was always a bigger kid, right? But I could always move as quickly as everybody else. So um, my years playing softball and, like, whatever season it was, we did that sport. Because my parents wanted us out of the house. Like, if right. they're playing basketball down the street and it's basketball season, you're on the team. <laughs> we don't care because you don't have anything else to do. So that's just what we did. And weightlifting, as a result of kind of having this inkling that, that I was stronger than everybody else, I always wanted to try weightlifting. And the local press in Savannah was all about – Team Savannah, what they were doing. We had like Cassie Clark, Stephanie Bodie qualifying for these events, but they're women. There aren't any um, places for them to go because these were the first women who were qualifying for things, right. and there weren't women, a lot of them, who did Olympic weightlifting. So and at they, this time, was it even an Olympic sport? Because it was 96. Was not for ladies. Or not 2000 for ladies. was the first 2000 year. 2000 was the yeah. first year that so women were allowed. Olympic, yeah. Right. So. I mean, the 80s was the first decade that we we saw the International Weightlifting Federation seeing that women wanted to compete. And so so they had to to build up, um, you know, the weight classes, the uh, because I think the thing was with Stephanie and Cassie, um, those local folks, some were talking mid 90s, they qualified for a training camp in Colorado Springs, but they qualified uh, they lifted the men's qualification total, and they wouldn't let them go right. because they were women. But they were like, we quali- we lifted the weight required to go to this thing, and we can't go. So that was a big deal. I think Cassie was on uh, Regis and, like, Regis Kathy, and Lee. Kathy Lee. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's how I knew about what was happening in Savannah. And Michael Cohen was a 1980 Olympian. And uh, we had this beautiful, beautiful facility full of the the best equipment. You weren't there with the non beautiful facility. I so wasn't. You were spoiled. I was spoiled. <laughs> but again, we're talking. This is a fairy tale narrative. Right. It, 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 I, it I never I never went from rags to riches. It was kind of <laughs> always like riches. Riches. You didn't get to go when you were like. <sighs> Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, Wash the rust off your hands from the old, (laughs) old bars. Uh, So I I just, I walked in this place and I, I visually watching people lift a lot of weight, the way that weightlifting, Olympic style weightlifting, whenever I say weightlifting, I always mean Olympic style weightlifting, um, as does most of the world here. I find myself having to explain that it's Olympic weightlifting. It's and not... we need to break that down for people, but we'll do it after the fair. Yeah, show. sure, sure. <laughs> and um, so watching the speed and the rhythm and the timing of uh, what was happening, and people were moving a lot of weight, and there's no reason I just felt that I, I couldn't also do this and at least enjoy it. Um, 
and the social aspect, people like you, Shauna, <laughs> uh, I mean, just, and I could go on and on, just dozens of people in the gym that are, that are, we're all going there after school to get our workout in, we're qualifying for these events, we're all going as a team to junior nationals, we're taking a, we're renting a school bus, buses school and bus going to there. North Carolina to the Target Open. Open. So that kind of stuff was fun, oh socially Does for that, me. Is that event still around? The Tar Heel Open? We should make our triumphant if, return. I was going to say, if we're going to We have to get a school bus, though. We have to. We have to if get a school bus. If Cohen event. can get a school bus, we can get a school bus. <laughs> and we just all drive the school bus up to uh, North Carolina. I think that's brilliant. Um, I would do it. I'll snatch you know like the best 30 about kilos, but Tar Heel Open was the trophies. Do you remember the trophies? The trophies were good. They were like the Stanley Cup. I think I think I might have one of those somewhere. I finally got rid of mine, but I got I think I play, I think I won one year. I mean my class. Yeah. And I got the Stanley Cup. I was like, fuck it, what I got. And they always had that barbecue afterwards. Yes. I'm down for a barbecue and a trophy. I don't need anything else. We could even just do a Tar Heel reunion. Mm-hmm. And do you remember we had at bar music? When you went up to the bar? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Leah Rentmeester lifting in that meet. And she, I think Jason, actually, your husband had the radio and it was taking care of business. And he would play taking care of business. Because she was was there to, like, qualify for something or trying to get a PR or probably an American record at this point. Because Leah was really pretty incredible. Um but yeah, that that just socially being able to do fun stuff like that and competing was my favorite part. Like I learned to love to compete in weightlifting, and uh, I hated training though. Really, I hated training. I was opposite. I feared the competition like no other. Yeah. I say so. This is all completely pointless until I'm on even <laughs> even at a competition. I've, I've missed a, a final warm up more than more than once, and everybody freaks out. I'm like, don't worry about it. I just want to get on the platform and just lift when I need to lift. So. It helped me get through. Now that I'm older and I'm, I'm like, I have to trick people into training with me. I'm like, you want to go work out? Because I won't go unless I have somebody to train with. So so as a, a middle school kid, inter- my introduction into the sport was really a wonderful one in that there was this really well-established place. The equipment was wonderful. The people were great. And one thing led to another because I kept showing up <laughs> that... Um, I would just, I just eventually qualified for all the competitions lead. I would qualify for some and actually still be too young to compete. Like I remember qualifying for the junior worlds when you went to South Africa. Yeah. I qualified for that meet, but I couldn't go because I was a year Thank too God, young. Thank God. Cause you would have taken my slot. Was that your <laughs> slot? Really? I took the final slot. Yeah. I'm glad so, you were young. It was my one chance. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> you guys went on safari and stuff, man. I was so jealous. Anyway, um, and then the next year, finally I could go to the Junior Worlds, but I qualified for the Senior Worlds, and I was still too young for that event. So, so I kept, this was like, because you had to be 16 or 15. Yeah. You had to be, 15. for Junior Worlds, I think you had to be at least 14 for, well, I don't know. Do you have to be 16? It might be a little bit different now yeah. because they do have the youth. I know you have to be at least 16 at the Olympics. But there was like a year where you had made all the qualifications and you could do nothing but sit there and... Yeah, yeah. So I was... My pacing or my timing was 
I was able to qualify, and, and it was the, the infancy, really, of women's weightlifting in the United States, so um, some of the qualification totals, I, I noticed they're a lot higher now because we have more competitors coming mm-hmm. in, so it is relatively, or was relatively easy, right. or easier to qualify for those events than, um, than it is now, but at the time, it was so quick it was one one thing after another and before i knew it it was the year 2000 and i'm i'm at the top of the ranking list and it's time to to go to the olympic trials cuz olympic weightlifting for ladies had just been introduced yeah it was the inaugural event i ended up going to that competition with some really incredible women who have I would credit them with doing so much more for weightlifting, for women's weightlifting, than I ever could. I kind of just showed up at the right time mm-hmm. and was able to ride that wave, you know. Like Robin Bird Goad was on that team with me, and she's just she's a legend. And uh, it was just just an honor to go and to be there, and just. But it was very the timing of it couldn't have been more perfect, yeah. I think. And then was that in New Orleans? The Olympic trials. Yeah. yeah, we went and saw. We yeah. saw you guys. Yeah, it was fun. Them. It was fun. It was a big deal because ladies, we could qualify or we could compete at the Olympic level. I don't remember much about that trip because it was New Orleans and I was drinking a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember you did good. The only reason I I didn't, even though I was seventeen, was my my whole family was there. So <laughs> I imagine I would have been very much the same. But um, so how it was how good. old were you? You were seventeen. Um, I was turning 17 that year. I think I had just turned 17. So what is a 17-year-old, like, at Olympic trials? You knew when you walked on that platform to make your first clean and jerk, and we'll tell everyone what the heck we're talking about, but you knew when you had that one, because you just had to make your one clean and jerk, and you were on the team, right? Yeah, just to lock So what is a 17, like, what was going through your head as a 17-year-old? I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) It is. It was a lot of stuff, but I felt very much in control of my weightlifting, if that even makes any sense. Like I was, I was very, I was ready for it. I wanted to compete. There was no hesitation uh, for me um, ascending to that level and maintaining that I think was welcome. Like I enjoyed the attention. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy the attention. Um, (laughs) So it, my personality coupled with um, the confidence that I had developed just from, I mean, you guys built me up. So like, wow, you're so amazing. I mean, they're, they tried not to hate me. (laughs) They tried to hate me, but I was way too um, friendly for that. And they're like, damn it. We have to be your friend too. (laughs) Mm. Um, Shauna still kind of gets irritated at how fast I outlifted her. It was incredible. It was within weeks. Because I watched it, too, because that was the time. So when you started and I started, the 76-kilo class still existed. And there we were not in the same yeah. class. 83-plus. 83-plus, yeah. 83s, and, or 83s, 83. and 76s. And so, like, you and I could be friends, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, one fell swoop. They're yeah. like, 75-plus. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Now I'm looking. Now great. everybody who weighs over 165 pounds gets to compete against, and most super heavyweights, and we're talking kilos here. Uh, now at this moment, anyway, and they may change it. Uh, it's 90 plus. So anybody. The women's is still mm-hmm. there's 90 kilo women. 90 plus 90 and 90. What's the next class under? 90. Oh. And then what? <laughs> and then. I think it's 75 still. Okay. 
Wow. But but it may change again. Yeah. It may change again. Um, but if you're a successful international super heavyweight, you don't weigh, you're not just over 90 kilos. Yeah. You're not just over 75 You're winning kilos. everything. You're like, I'm winning at this you're, weight thing. I'm winning at... It, well, you, you have to, you have to be big, yeah, right? So, so 75 plus is so unfair for people who are like 170 pounds, 180, even 180, even 200 pounds. If you're, I remember Emmy Vargas, mm-hmm. who for a long, long time had the second heaviest clean and jerk in the history of the United States until very recently. Um, but it was all she could do to be over a hundred kilos because she was one of those people that was made for like a 90 kilo weight class. Right. Uh, but if you're going to be a su- successful super heavyweight, you're, you're 110 kilos plus, Yeah. you know, uh, almost always very rarely is a woman competing and getting medals at the world championships who doesn't, who isn't big. Yeah. So within weeks, you started lifting like a ton of weight. I mean, it was fast. And you never, the thing I admired most about you, especially training with you, was you always were in control of two things. You seemed to be in control of your confidence. Like you never had doubt going up to a bar and you were in control of your attitude. Like you always had a really good attitude. I had a really shitty attitude a lot of times. And I look back on it. Kicking chairs. (laughs) There goes Meredith again, all mad. See, remember when coach like dodged it? Like I kicked the chair and he I was think like, I do remember I almost one took him one. out. Yeah. But I had a really bad temper and you and Kara never did. And y'all just would watch me. I remember <laughs> thinking like, oh, why can't, but I mean. It's you, not unusual though. I mean. But you just had it. Like you had control of your emotions and you had, you had emotional intelligence at a very young age. And well, I don't know where you. the question is, but it's, <laughs> it's more of like a scientific study I want to well, conduct right now. Is well, one of the things I do want to, as a coach now, when I'm giving people advice about how to handle that frustration, it's not that I didn't get frustrated. It's just, what am I going to do about it now? The lift is missed. I, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do for that day. So getting upset just seemed like an extraordinary expenditure of energy to me it <laughs> really did to, you're like i need to be most efficient and do the least amount of work but it's but it's built in it's built in You've so just always been that way yeah i've always been that way and when i had a bad day which happened all the time like i really wasn't very good in the gym compared to competition if i if i lifted a weight in the gym i knew i was doing 10 more kilos in the yeah. competition just the adrenaline and you know the the attention um <laughs> it just made me get my shit together so when i was in the gym and i hated the, the train the grind of training anyway i just assumed clean up my weights and go home I'm fine. I mean, I would do my work. If it was a bad workout, I'd be like, you know what? I'm out. I'll see you guys later. Every once in a while, you just have to, you know, at the behest of your coach or whatever, you know, it's just not there today. Clean it up, go home. Or let's go ahead and move to the next exercise. So at least we can make some kind of progress, go through the motions and just we'll deal with it. We'll just try to do better next time. And I think that's just, unless it's, it's just an exercise in futility to get really upset at yourself for not being able to perform at such a high level because it's a very precise, complicated thing that you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah you want to improve and get better, um, but it does. It's not helpful at all because you just start developing these um, 
responses, yeah. you know, and the Meredith response, the Meredith response, but that's okay. It's a normal response. Well, I don't want to say it's okay. <laughs> it's a normal response, but I, I, I like to try and impart some of that in my athletes now, because I feel like if I could train at that level and have so much disappointment, cause it wasn't all easy. I blew my elbow out. I had a lot of injuries. Um, and, and still not kick and scream and, like, throw things. I, I really don't think that it's necessary. I'm feeling very but, judged right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it, it happens all the time. And it's just it's just completely um, not productive, yeah. I guess. And I'm too – but I don't get really extremely get excited or extremely angry anyway. I like to kind of, like – maintain that even keel um what was that i don't know i was like where are your roosters (laughs) but yeah that that was why i just i i'm not an excitable person anyway but where did you have this i mean the self-confidence that you had was incredible like just going up to a bar and you you never looked like you weren't gonna make it and you like always did make it, <laughs> but I've just never seen that kind of, con- and I don't want to say never seen that kind of confidence, but I, I just feel like you were so strong in that area and like mental fortitude. I mean, now that I do triathlon, I know it's so different than weightlifting because the moment is a lot longer. Yeah. You know, you have a lot more time in your head to say, I can do this. I can yeah. do this. I can keep going. I can do this where weightlifting is over in an instant. Yeah. Um, and I think that helped, honestly. Uh, not to interrupt it you short. because it's, it was short. It was short. Like the idea of getting on a treadmill or doing anything that repetitive, like, like a triathlon, for example, I don't know if I could talk to myself that long. Yeah. I did it really well in weightlifting and people think there are these, these things that one always has to do in their own head to be successful. Self-talk is definitely one of those things. You've got to tell yourself Um, you got to keep talking to yourself and giving yourself uh, encouragement, but also you learn yourself too. I mean, to thine own self be true. Like I know what my tendencies are and I know what I need to tell myself. How did you know that at 13 and 14 though? I feel like that's just so... Well, I I learned, I learned it. I mean, weightlifting was easy enough in those beginning because I I had a, a gift for it and our coach was really good at keeping us confident. Um... I mean, whether you realize it or not, now that I'm coaching, whenever we would have a bad day, you'd be like, that's okay, baby. That's all I want you to do today anyway. Yeah. You know? We didn't know. He never wrote anything down. So I never knew if I was underperforming. That's true. I never knew that. And psychologically, that was probably one of the best things that he did for us as weightlifters. Um, Because if we had a bad day, he could always say that, that's that's all we were gonna do today anyway. You yeah. don't need to lift heavier. That's all I wanted you that's to really do. It's really interesting. I didn't realize how much that has rolled over because when I coach my athletes, um, you know, a lot of coaches do the whole training plan for like you know the twenty week build up for your mm-hmm. big race, and maybe that you'll see it or not. But I never let my athletes see 
anything, but, you know, maybe a week in advance, maybe two weeks. And especially if they're very volatile, like Mm -hmm. emotionally or injury prone, because if they go into a race knowing I had them down for a 110 mile bike ride and a 20 mile run and they only get to 10 miles and... Mm -hmm. 80 they're gonna and think like I everything's this. like yeah. I, this program's not working anymore what are we doing and right that's not really the case it's just it's and that's how he kept me in particular it worked like a charm for me yeah because i would apparently. swallow that i would be like okay that's all i had to do today I did okay exactly well i, I, I did do. exactly what i was supposed I'm to a do winner. good <laughs> winner. everybody everybody's a winner oh my god so that helped a lot, I think. And then after, as time went by, I developed, like, competing at a high level, for example. This may work in triathlon. I don't know. <laughs> but in weightlifting, we do the snatch and the clean and jerk. They're just two Okay, yeah, let's lifts. talk about that. Yeah. So, Olympic-style weightlifting. Uh, a crash course. Go. <laughs> uh, the snatch, um, first of all, we're talking about a barbell. It's like... Six and a half feet long. I don't even know. Maybe I should know that dimension, but I it's, don't. That seems long. It, but it is pretty long, though. I can't. You can't when reach you it. You stand it up on the ground. It's over your head. So. Yeah. So six feet. Yeah, we're gonna and go some with change. That. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, they need to start making them six feet after this show. Um, <laughs> just to keep it easier, right? The, the six foot barbell. Uh, it. It no was. One over yeah, no one over six feet tall. No one over six feet tall. Those people with long arms. But then that solves your problem about people with really, really long arms. We just exclude like, them. Yeah, they can't lift. Yeah. I'm sorry you don't fit on the barbell. <laughs> so we have this the big barbell. And the snatch is you take a really wide grip. So if you're holding the barbell over your head, the bar is just going to clear your head by three or four inches. Um, but you take that barbell from the floor over your head in one continuous motion. It's very fast. I think it's officially the fastest movement in Olympic sport. It, just, it really takes less than a second to perform. Um, you literally snatch it off the ground. Yeah. Snatch it off the ground from the floor over your head less than a second. And it's an exercise in technique and control. Um, obviously power, uh, is involved when you're taking a tremendous amount of weight from the floor over your head and you have to be really athletic and, and move well and be flexible. Um, that's why it's really, really great for people who are younger to start (laughs) in the sport, you know, because they're to be in that full squat with the bar. Yeah, it really is. And I'm glad that my, my muscles are familiar with that because I do feel for people I'm trying to stick in that position and I'm like, sorry, you just got to get used to it. Because really, that's all you have to do. You just have to get used to it. But after years of doing it, we're so used to it. Don't we. Don't we me in this category. Um, I'm about to post that picture right now (laughs) where you're in the bottom position with the snatch grip and it looks fine. But, I mean, I did weightlifting for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years and then I just fell off the planet, and I didn't touch a barbell till like, six months ago. And right. I tried to do a snatch, like, a full snatch in the bottom. And my body was like, what are you doing to me? Because like, it doesn't occur in nature anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, Why would so- anybody – and I tell my athletes this all the time, and they get really frustrated with snatching in particular. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's kind of stupid. It's literally, like, nobody should really snatch unless they're competing in weightlifting. I mean, it's an, a fun athletic thing to do. It's it's in, in um, under the umbrella of CrossFit now, so that's a competitive snatch that you might have to do, you know, for that sport. But other than that, it it does it doesn't occur in nature anywhere. There's no reason for you to be in the full squat supporting a child, with a wide a grip, small animal. Yeah, 
Except when you like kill your bison on the range, and you're like, bison, and you're like, hey guys, watch this. <laughs> but but the clean and jerk is more about strength, um, precision as well, obviously. But the, so the snatch is about technique and precision. The clean and jerk is really, I mean, the Guinness Book of World Records still to this day, the strongest person in the world is whoever clean and jerks the most. Really? Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's you. how they make the determination. <laughs> no, no. That's Maybe me. a junior a split sec for like five seconds I was on the top of the ranking list, but that never lasted long. It was just because nobody else had competed yet that year. I'm like, yeah, Cheryl's number one. And the world championships happen and everybody oh, goes right, boom. But uh, the clean and jerk is about strength. And the clean and jerk, um, as indicated by its name, is two movements. So the clean, a lot of people are familiar with the clean because uh, a lot of football, football players play. do it. But you take the weight from the floor and you, you take it to your chest and you stand there for a second, get your breath, drive the weight over your head, um, typically in the split jerk, one foot goes in front, the other goes in back. And um, those are the two lifts. Now in a competition, we get three chances to do as much as we can in the snatch and three chances to do as much as we can in the clean and jerk. Every and once the, in a while. The, so the scoring is yeah. you get... Um, medals or like for the Olympic level, you get placement in the snatch, placement in the clean and jerk and placement for the total. In the Olympics, we actually only get one medal. For a total? Yeah. Okay. Total weight lifted, which is kind of a rip off because they're three different events. I mean, you can get a total medal yeah. and not medal in the snatch or the clean and jerk. Um, so at the world championships, we get snatch, clean and jerk and total medals. But at the Olympics, we only get one. And in my case. This is my official complaint about that, by the way. <laughs> I've just been waiting for a platform big enough for me to finally (laughs) let that off my chest. Uh, But everyone share and tweet this. Yeah, right. Hashtag three medals. Um, But (laughs) what what I would do if I was in a big because a lot of time everybody like I remember in '99 it was my first world championship. I it just turned 16. And I'm in Athens, Greece at the World Championships. It's a big world championship because it's the one prior to the Olympics. Everybody's there trying to qualify their team to get spots. So it's not automatic the United States gets to send four women to the Olympics. We all have to go as a team. Nobody knows who's on the Olympic team. You can, you can make bets or whatever, but nobody knows who's on the team until those previous years where you go as a team and they go, okay, the United States is top six consistently. They get, they get a full roster of weightlifters. Oh, so we have to qualify to earn spots, and then we come back home right before the Olympics for the Olympic trials, and we figure out who fills those spots. But I remember Robin... Uh, Goad, uh, thanking me after after my performance in 99 because what they had done is they had all crunched the numbers. I'm the last lifter because I'm a super heavyweight. goes lightest weight classes to heaviest weight classes. And I'm 16 years old. It's my first world championships. It's a huge, it's probably still one of the biggest ones because it was in Athens, Greece, and they love weightlifting in Athens. This place was jam-packed the whole time. Um, but they all knew exactly what weight I needed to lift for some of them to go. Oh, no Because kidding. I'm ranked number one at this point. So even if I bomb out, which means I don't make any of my lifts and I don't place a total and I don't contribute to the team standing overall, I'll probably still go to the Olympics. But two, three, one, any of the other girls who are behind me may not go. 
So it's up to me to hit these particular numbers so that we can get a full team. And you didn't know that. At the time? I mean, I knew that. Oh, you I knew know. that. I didn't know what the numbers were, but during the competition, they, Lynn Jones managed to say, you need, you need to get a medal. You have to get a medal. No pressure. We're going to need no you pressure. to get a medal. I need you to go ahead and just get a medal <laughs> at like, your first world championship. <laughs> um, but I did. I got, I got third place overall in the snatch, and that gets you, like, extra points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you get a medal, it, it piles on top. Anyway... Um, but I was able to do exactly what they needed me to do. And I remember after the competition trial, I was like, thanks for that. Thanks. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys talking about? But everybody had done the math and they're just sitting and waiting for me to do. But the more self-aware I became after years of doing this, like the more pressure I would feel to perform, yeah. still loved competing, but it became more, more poignant, like exactly what I had to do. And it wasn't always for my benefit, but I, I have this horrible habit of not wanting to disappoint people. <laughs> um, so I, but every once in a while I would get overwhelmed. And what I would do is I would literally convince myself that all I had to do was snatch. And there was nothing else to do that day. Mm-hmm. And in training, we would spend two, three hours lifting. So a, a workout, the idea of a workout and just doing three heavy snatches and going home is fantastic. That's like a quick workout. I could do that in like a half hour. Right. You know? So psychologically, I would convince myself that the snatches were the only thing I was responsible for and I could go home afterward. So it would just be <laughs> focused on snatching, snatch, and literally be able to talk myself into the fact that I had just gotten there. Snatches didn't happen. I just arrived. I just arrived at the competition venue, and all I have to do is clean a jerk. You're like Bill Murray on Groundhog Day or something. Like, but that's what I would do. Uh, every I didn't have to do it all the time, but every once in a while, I would really have to work on really telling myself that I only had to do one yeah. thing and not worry about the result, but just worry about that one thing, and then forget about that one thing. Yeah. And pretend like I was there all over again. That's so applicable to triathlon. Like when, especially in a long distance race, like in Ironman, like I, when you're swimming, you're just swimming. I'm just going to swim. Just keep swimming. And I, I'm the same way though. I would, on the bike, I'd be like, oh, I just got to get through this bike. Mm -hmm. But I remember I would get to transition before the run and I would be pissed. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, I have to run now? Like who did this? Yeah, exactly. I should have used the whole technique like this never I just got here (laughs) yeah yeah just put my shoes on for the first time and I mean it it worked for whatever reason I don't know if it's weightlifting or what because we do get that little 10 minute break between snatches and clean and jerks but I could hit the the reset button and and just I I don't want to sound like I'm insane but at least for a couple moments you can really talk yourself into anything and I've convinced myself there was less weight on the bar before just if I knew it was something that I kept obsessing over and going, oh, this is intimidating, every once in a while, because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't want to fail. And when you're, when you work years to get one more kilo on the bar and then you go for that one more kilo, it's like your head wants to explode. So I've talked, I've talked myself into the fact that there was like less weight on the bar and there actually was. And that works too. That doesn't, that doesn't like mean you put less effort. Like to me, I feel like if I said there's less weight on the bar, <laughs> well, it would still be heavy. Up. It was st- uh, like a respectable weight that you know you have to yeah. concentrate on doing, but not the world record. But, yeah, but not that extra two kilos. That's just ruining my day right now. <laughs> so, but those are all things that 
I had to figure out, like, you can't, I mean, I can share that with you guys now, but you can't, um. Did you even know it was happening? N- not until I, not until I started to explain this stuff to my stressed out athletes now. I'm like, girl, it'll be okay. You don't worry about it. Just you know? pretend you just got here. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We just got here. We did you know, <laughs> but it, but it works. So everybody, I think everybody has the capacity to figure out how to best talk to themselves in order to get the best results from themselves. And I I've been thinking fascinated. about doing. I am fascinated. Well, I, maybe I can see, bounce this off you. Tell me this. What? <laughs> Where were you? The secret. I was like, she, you're jerk. kicking chairs around. She figured that shit out for <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Joking. Can I swear? Yeah. Oh, okay. Great. I have the, the E explicit. Oh, really? I like to keep the E up when I have someone who's very non-explicit. Like, yeah, he is. might be church-based or something. <laughs> you know? And I keep it up on their podcast just to keep it interesting. I love it. You never know what's going to happen. You never know. Okay, we're well, wild. now that I know that. We're wild up in here. Uh, wild. <laughs> but, no, I didn't realize that until I had to start coaching. Because I thought, I literally thought I was done with weightlifting when I retired. I was like, screw the gym. I don't ever have, I, I don't ever have to bend over and pick anything up from the ground <laughs> ever again. Unless, Everything in your house is counter level. <laughs> unless I want to. I feel like I earned that right. I'm never going to bend over and pick up anything else again unless, yeah, unless I have to, unless my mom's there or, uh, uh, yeah. I, so when did you retire? I think it was. I think I filed the paperwork in 2010. Whoa, I like think. Paperwork? Well, yeah, because I was on the drug test list and everything oh, and like, like that. You're like, stop so, coming to my house. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was part of it. I was like, oh, do I just, you know? But the drug testing is very complex, and like, and it got even more complicated. So we would send paperwork quarterly uh, to United States Anti Doping Agency, where we are every hour, hour to hour. Um, because we have to be available for drug testing. And, uh, there was actually a year where I got a phone call from a Miami newspaper because some drug testing thing has happened. Um, somebody got caught in some sport and it was a big deal for a split second. And, uh, he was like, we were doing some research, Miss Hayworth, and you're the most drug tested athlete in the country. Like, (laughs) do you have anything to say about what just happened? And I was like... How do you find out that information? But apparently, you can go on USADA's website and you type in a year, a range, and um, I have a lot of drug tests. Now, there are some athletes like big names. I was like, how many times Michael Phelps? And he just had so much more longevity in his sport. Like, I retired a decade ago, uh, but my number is still quite high because I was the number one weightlifter for a decade, and weightlifting is a suspect sport. Right. For obvious reasons. So, I remember once I didn't get a random drug test uh, one month, and I thought I had done something wrong. But they were like, "No, Cheryl. Like this is how other people like it's this is how the normal people yeah." Live. But but I thought that every single month, but that was just me. I got drug tested three times in the same week once. They show up. It's like mm. the cops. I took them to nude. Uh, I took them to nude figure drawing a couple times, though. It's gad because after working out, I could never pee because I was always a little too dehydrated. So they would show up after my workouts or during my workouts and be like, "Y'all are going to school with me right now because I don't. <laughs> I don't have to go." And so, but they have to keep you in they their sight. Them. Yeah. You know, so it's not like they could sit in the car while I'm drawing mm-hmm. naked people. Nope. They were pulling up their chairs. Okay, so they tell got everyone why stools. you were drawing naked people. Well, I went to my alma mater is Savannah College of Art and Design. So I uh, actually ended up studying historic preservation and I minored in illustration for a while. Uh, I didn't finish my minor because I was moving to Colorado. We um, should do a children's book. 
Let's do it. A couple other people have asked me about it. But I'm number one. And I've uh, <laughs> failed miserably really? on following Why? up with just just never doing anything. <laughs> you know, like draw this, draw that. I'm like, okay, it's great. It's always a good idea. But I need, now that you're you're physically in the same town as me, I feel like it would be harder for me to slack off. To avoid so I think, me. Yeah. So I think maybe it could happen now just because you're there to. We could write a great story. We could write a story of two little girls. In the 75 plus. Rife way. with donkeys and wild things. <laughs> One who has a piss poor attitude. Right. One who has a great attitude. <laughs> I feel this. Uh, you know what? That's not a bad idea. It's I not. feel like we have a lot to say. And it <laughs> is. It is good um, to learn how to. I don't know. Because kids, they take their examples from their parents, right? Yeah. So yeah, I guess being them. in competition situations and I don't know. I think maybe I think maybe we could do that. We could do that. I'll just come prod you. Okay. Okay. So I need what that are kind you? Of what are you doing now? Like um, not right now. Like, <laughs> okay. Wait. So we have to rewind a little bit. So you went to the Olympics in two thousand. Let's give. Let's give the. The, um, the Wikipedia. Bio. Yeah. Yeah. So the accomplishments before you quit peeing in a cup. Uh, before I quit peeing in a cup, um, well, I went to the. Um, the Olympics three times. I did 2000, 2004, 2008. Um, I won Junior Worlds twice. I actually got Best Lifter at Junior Worlds in 2001 or two, I think. 2002? And I was going to win Junior Worlds three times in a row, won the snatch, and blew out my elbow. So um, I, I still still won the snatch, though. So all You wasn't. still did? Yeah. Did you blow it out on the last lift? Yeah, the last lift. And I was, I was already ahead. Um... But that would have been cool, winning three times in a row, because at that time, I don't think anybody had done that yet. And uh, See, I love that about you. You're like, I didn't win because I blew my elbow out on the snatch. But you still had to clean and jerk. But you No, I didn't so... clean and jerk. No, no, no. I'm yeah. saying like you're so like self-confident and good at what you do. You're like, I, well, of course I would have won that. I just blew my elbow out on the snatch where me, I would have been like, oh, oh yeah. I don't know. The whole time after I, I blew my elbow out and came off the stage, the whole time I was telling myself not to pass out. And not to cry because still I was in such a competitive place that I, even though it was objectively, I'm not going to be able to clean and jerk. I still wanted to maintain that, like I'm in complete control and y'all are lucky I'm not clean and jerking kind of an <laughs> attitude. Um, but I did that. And then uh, world championships until this last world championship in uh anaheim california i was the last american oh, anaheim i love anaheim. Oh, anaheim i was the last american to medal uh at the world championship and that was 2005 wow. so that little dry spell has been broken which is awesome so that was another kind of thing that i a little feather in my cap um i still hold all the american records and all the pan-american records uh, I have a world record in the snatch. Uh, it's a youth world record, so Let's seventeen tell and under. How many? What were your best lifts? Weight. My best Break lifts. Break it down into pounds. One hundred and twenty-eight kilo snatch. Which is? Um, it's two, it's about two hundred eighty-four pounds. Okay. okay. Um, my best my best clean and jerk is one hundred sixty-one kilos, which is just under three fifty-five. I think. It's crazy pants. It is. And like I told you earlier, if somebody came in here, if I didn't have a memory of doing those things, I would say you're completely full of shit. There's no way I ever lifted that. You're like, Cheryl, you know you snatch 128 and clean your 161, <laughs> like, I don't know. I right? Forgot, I'd be like, 
get the fuck out of here. I convinced myself I didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> I said that when I left, it was over. <laughs> yeah. Moving right along in <laughs> Cheryl's brain. But I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I won the Goodwill Games, got some world championship medals. Getting medals at the world championship for a weightlifter is really hard, especially with the drug testing situation internationally. It's getting better. Um, what I was just talking about, us being very heavily monitored in the United States, it's not the case a lot of other places. So um, kind of waiting for that, the playing field to get a little bit more even. Do you think it will? It really just depends on who's in charge. I think it, it can happen for sure. Um, they just have to decide it's going to happen. You know, then um, Americans will have a chance. <laughs> then Americans will have a chance. I mean, really and truly. Um, one of the reasons uh, is neither here nor there because it should be fair to begin with that um, we did so well at the World Championships this last year as several countries weren't allowed to compete because they have a history and consistently... Um, systematically doping their athletes. And those are the athletes that are always getting the medals at the World Championship. So they weren't allowed to compete. And all of a sudden you have all these countries like the United States, a lot of the Pan-American countries on the, on the podium because the cheaters aren't there. And it really does make a difference. And weightlifting is one of those sports. Like if you're a talented swimmer or you're just a talented fill-in-the-blank soccer player like doping it makes a difference you know in recovery and the injury and everything like that but in weightlifting you can literally tag on 15 to 20 percent more on each lift um whether the difference between somebody who's doping and not doping and it's so obvious too it's My very gosh obvious. you can just watch the the games mm -hmm. and i mean we just laugh we're like yeah they're yeah. not on anything yeah the the, the shoulder acne and the it, <laughs> Yeah, the beard and, uh, on everyone. On <laughs> everyone, um, the abnormal bone growth, the jaw and the forehead. Yeah, it's just the it's, forehead. Yeah, it's Aww. just really, it's really quite sad. But um, it's true. I think until because competing in the Olympics is a privilege. You don't just because you have a sovereign nation doesn't mean you get the right to compete the Olympics. Somebody was trying, some idiot was trying to have this argument with me about drug testing the other day. We just let people no. To competing fairly is like a pillar of the Olympic like movement, right? You agree, you have to agree to certain things before you send a delegation. Like you have to agree not to cheat, right? So as part of that agreement, so countries like Russia, Kazakhstan, China, you don't need to compete then. Go have your own thing that you do and have fun doing it. Um, but if you agree to compete at this competition where we're taking it seriously and we, we, we're playing by the rules, and I'm not saying Americans are completely innocent. Obviously, we have... Um, people who have money and influence who's still trying to get around certain things. But have your own Olympics if you want to do that. But let people like the people I know on my weightlifting team compete and do what they love to do. So it's frustrating. I do feel like I was kind of banging my head against the wall. Uh, because Sarah, Sarah Robles um, won the world championship this past year. And although she's very, very close and could have easily broken my records at that competition, it was still less than what I had lifted in the past. So sitting and watching a competitor, it's a thrill for me to know that fine, like she's not wasting her time and she can actually have a fair shake at this thing. 
but it's also frustrating too because it's like I, I spent a lot of time competing against people who were not playing by the rules like yeah. I was, and it's, it makes me a little bit bitter. But I'm excited that it's it's starting to happen. It's just you have to follow through. Yeah. You can't let some. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the punishments they're doling out now uh, amount to a little bit of a slap on the wrist. For example, at this past world championship, although it's great that those nations weren't allowed to compete, it's still the least important world championship of the quad. So it's the year following after after the Olympics. A lot right. of these countries don't aren't sending teams anyway. So it's not a, a huge triumph like it seems like it It'll should be. It'll be a different story in three years. It'll be a completely different yeah. story in three years. Are they still competing? Are they still, you know, back to their, their old ways? So I would really like to see some serious, like, you're banned from the quad competing for the next four years until you get your stuff together back in the motherland. And so whose call would that be? That would be the IOC? <laughs> Well, in conjunction with the the IOC, ultimate, ultimately, yeah, is what makes the decision. The IWF is what is responsible for for making sure. I mean, it could be it's not just weightlifting though, so I don't want to put it all on the IWF because it's a cultural shift right. that has to happen. Um, because a lot of the attitude is, well, it's available for you to do. Why aren't you doping? You must just not want to be good a at weightlifting. Winner. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just don't, don't want, want to be a winner. winner. So it, it's a really, really complicated situation, and I don't... But it's not take... available for us to do, not on not us, like I'm, like I'm right there with you. <laughs> Let's get you all doped up, Meredith. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's, Can I get a beard? Let's get that clean and jerk up to... <laughs> 95. 111. <laughs> we can do it. I'll teach you how to split jerk. It'll be great. Oh, my gosh. No, but I forget what I was going to say. Now I got distracted by 111. <laughs> It's um, you. Oh, you said something about it. Not oh, but it not doping, yet. Yeah. It's not. Well, it's not. You know, you saying that they're they're saying. Well, it's available for you to do. I mean, you were drug tested three times in a week. It yeah. was not available to you. You couldn't even. It would have been. <laughs> and it would it would have been impossible for me to try because to get our country takes it seriously. Right. Where if our country right. was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, we'll just like every six months and let you know we're coming. And then, then the World Anti Doping Agency too. Um, you know, it just uh, there's some stories about them not following through and the corruption and everything like that. I mean, it's it's really it's cultural. I think until yeah. until competing cleanly is valued, and you're ostracized from your like if that happened on our weightlifting team, somebody got caught doping. We would you know like, like I don't know if we're friends anymore. Like what were you doing? You know, unless they're they were contrite or whatever and. <laughs> You know, it, it would just be the dumbest mistake in the world to do, even if you weren't winning weightlifting competitions. I mean, the long-term health effects, that that sort of thing anyway. Um, right. But it, yeah, it's complicated. I think we can have another episode just about me griping about drug testing. We could. We could do that. We could. Is there a child about to come barreling in? <laughs> That's what happens when you're swim bike mom. No, they can come barreling in, and we will actually... Yeah, go stop you them. said no children. <laughs> no I didn't, children si- I didn't on this sign podcast. up for this, Meredith. <laughs> so let's talk about what you're doing now and um, what great things are going to happen with Hayworth Weightlifting at oh, Hayworth. Eight, at Hayworth. Well, we're showing Hayworth you. without a Y, though. It's Rita like Haworth. Ha- Haworth. Yes, it's like Haworth. Haworth. <laughs> 
But Rita Hayworth ruined it for all of us. Oh, is she a Y? By putting... Yeah, and they just... The original spelling is H-A-W. I need one of those t-shirts. Yeah, you do. We'll work on that. Okay. I need to get them printed. Um, the only sizes I have left at my house right now are like super big. Perfect. Because I took those to China and then everybody else is there is like an extra small. <laughs> How, do you have any extra small? No, I don't have any extra smalls. I got a bunch of double extra larges because I think you people, I thought you people would be bigger than you are. <laughs> but they're not. So uh, I got to reorder some t-shirts. But yes, we'll make that happen. Um, right now, what I'm doing is I'm going to be operating a barbell club, um, and I'll explain to you what a barbell club is in a minute. Uh, a barbell club in Buckhead at BTB CrossFit. Buckhead, Georgia. Buckhead, Georgia. We're an international podcast oh, oh, I see. Ooh la la. We, uh, yeah, just setting up a bunch of platforms in this annex space that they have, which is huge because I just spent the last three years living in Hong Kong. So I think the square footage is like incredible. This is like, you could fit like 25 of my apartments in your house. That's how small <laughs> everything is. Like 25 apartments. Yeah. So wait, I could make these apartments and rent this like a slumlord? <laughs> if, if you were in Hong Kong, yes, you'd be making bank. Um... So I, I'm operating a barbell club there as soon as I get equipment, which should probably happen in the next week. But um, I was joking that I would explain what barbell club was because <laughs> I, was, I was wondering the whole drive to the gym this morning. I had a little seminar that I did. And I was like, should I explain to everybody what barbell club is? Nah, they'll know what that is. And the first thing out of Meredith's mouth is like, <laughs> barbell club, what's that? And I was like, this girl's been lifting weights. <laughs> She knows weightlifting, she asks. So maybe I do need to explain that. But Barbell Club essentially is, because I can make tons more money just training people individually, like PTs, you know, one after another. Um, but it's simply not, it's not good for Olympic weightlifting training. I mean, you need people yes. to observe. I've never you understood need people, people to push that yourself. have base, like platforms in their basement and they're like going down there to snatch. I would quit. I would quit so... No, that setup in the gym, like, that setup in the garage wouldn't have even happened. (laughs) I wouldn't have even gotten close enough to have... Because I know how unlikely it would be. So if I had a squat rack at the gym... plywood and the drill, you're like, burp, no, screw this. I got to go find people and lift weights (laughs) with them. But it's it's, uh, especially conducive to... To pushing yourself in that kind of an environment, and because you're not you're not going to put that extra kilo on the bar, or you need an independent, you know, observer to say, "Hey, that yeah. looked easy. That was great. The technique was good. go up." And I think we've only had a handful. Personally, I've only had a handful of workouts where my my coach wasn't physically present. So being being in a group situation, being a because somebody's always going to do something better than you are, whatever it is. Unless you're Cheryl Hayworth. Uh, whether it's an attitude issue <laughs> or, uh, I don't know, I did I did some stuff that wasn't so great. My arm strength is pretty poor, so I would be like, excuse me, little 48 kilo, can I press with you? <laughs> um, so there's there's a definitely, and now that I'm, I'm working out a little bit again, there, there are definitely a lot of bad habits that I, I recognize in myself that I didn't recognize before. Um, but yeah, Barbell Club is just where everybody comes in, trains at the same time. They'll all be doing my program. Um, and everybody has different goals. I, I like my athletes who want to compete. That just makes more sense in my head yeah. uh, to train somebody who wants to compete in weightlifting. But then you have CrossFitters who want to get more efficient and stronger for CrossFitting, uh, which is fine too. It's just those little minor adjustments are going to have to happen. But any situation where you get weightlifters – 
and uh, training in a group, it's it's going to go better for everybody's training, mm-hmm. without exception. Unless you have the bad apple with the bad attitude. Unless you have somebody who just wants to come in the gym and just kick, kick shit around, around <laughs> and cry. Yeah, I remember. I remember you were training with Stephanie Bodie there for a little while, and she would get she would get broody too. She was I, I, maybe she rubbed off on me. I don't know. I don't know. I, we and brooding. again, we were like it was... the brooding platform with the dark cloud over us, and you and Kara were next door like sunshine Care Bears, like la la. Uh, I know I couldn't have made it without Kara, though. Kara's I know I awesome. couldn't have made it without Kara. She'd be like, uh, I'd be chatting and everything, like Cheryl, my, or she would call me Mama, little Mama, Mama, my window. My window is, is shrinking because I'd be screwing around, stretching out, running my mouth, and she would she kept me on track. And I was 14, 15, 16 years old when she was my training partner. God bless her. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, on the same platform, on the same bar for four years. And um, she really helped me out a lot. And, and her attitude is better than anybody I know. Yeah. You know, so I think maybe that... You situation. guys each other. You yeah, because I can't split up. Like one of you should have been with me. One of <laughs> I should have been more generous and let other people use Kara. Yeah, for her her. You were greedy. Like I, I did remember one time thinking those two like happy sunshiny people over there. <laughs> Lifting all those weights. Lifting all the weights more than everyone else. You guys are in the corner chain smoking, <laughs> wonder, wondering where it all went wrong. <laughs> all jaded and stuff, and you're like 18. <laughs> They're in, like, black combat boots and bitter. Look at them squatting all that weight. <laughs> Bitches. Um, oh but God. those dynamics, I think, are great. And that's why I'm looking forward to, to being here and, and hopefully getting a group of people, like-minded people together just to well, just Clearly, to we're not very like-minded. What? Clearly, we're not very like-minded. <laughs> in ways. In ways. So what would you say to someone who is, say, 35, 40, and wants to start dabbling with Olympic weightlifting? Well, I would say, first of all, in Hong Kong, that's my, like, bread and butter. Like, almost everybody I dealt with, so white-collar workers, just executives, like, lawyers, bankers, um, you name it. Really high-powered jobs, and they decide at some point, oh, I want to try this weightlifting thing because it's challenging. They're type A people. Um, and it's super popular over there. And it's, well, it's... It's getting more popular. It wasn't like Mm-mm. oh Mm-mm. no, Hong Kong is like a different planet. It's it's so much different than oh, okay. China, and even in China, it's like <laughs> the farming system they have is. It's not like people people don't do it recreationally like oh, okay. we do here, and um, but yeah, a lot of people. 30, 40, 50 plus who want to get into weightlifting. And um, I think it's great. I think it's fine. I think you just need to have somebody who is... um, I was telling you before, my number one goal as a coach is to not hurt anybody, which seems like a very narrow kind of thing. No, it doesn't. But... It's important. Well, it's, it's really important. And nobody... I mean, if you're training for the Olympics... For the world championships, you're gonna walk around, you're gonna be in pain. Um, but outside of that, you really shouldn't be. I mean, soreness and fatigue and stuff like that, maybe some tendonitis here and there, but really somebody who takes the time to make sure that the mobility training is um uh is really emphasized, the accessory work that that is involved, especially ladies. Like I know 
a lot of people hesitate um, doing bodybuilding. A lot of women won't do bodybuilding type things because they don't want to get their muscles big. Um, strength and size of the muscle is there's not a. It doesn't always mean muscle volume doesn't always mean muscle strength. Obviously, bodybuilders tell us that they're just huge and they they're not they can't lift as much as we can because um, the strength isn't there. But uh, for I think a lot of ladies in particular, um, the volume in the muscle does contribute to overall joint health. Mm-hmm. And when you're stabilizing a barbell overhead, so I make I make all my people, not my just my ladies, um, a lot of bodybuilding for joint integrity and core work is mandated after every barbell club session because to protect the lower back, um, all the flexion and extension that we do in weightlifting, uh, it's really important. So if you have somebody who understands as a result, and I did a lot of things wrong in my training, and as a result, I have a lot of injuries, but I can go back and say, you know what, if I had been doing this thing, mm-hmm. I would have had s- such a better relationship with weightlifting. Yeah. I wouldn't have like quit in a huff. And because I, I tried to give it another go after 2008, but it immediately had to have hip surgery. So, and then that was my breaking point. I was like, I'm spending so much more time off the platform trying to feel okay when, you know, it takes me three hours to get ready to go lift weights. Um, so it just, but that was a result of just repeatedly hurting myself because nobody was like, Hey Cheryl, why don't you try to do some of this or that, you know, these, all the stuff that we know now, um, and it wasn't even that long ago. I think it was just because Olympic weightlifting has become so popular mm-hmm. over the years that um, a lot of these issues and solutions to those issues are finally um, being talked about. Yeah. Because you'll always have that one person that doesn't have to do any accessory work or anything at all, and they're just great at what they do. I mean, that doesn't happen. It, t- it takes a lot of time and effort outside of the actual snatching and clean and jerking. So that we can come in the gym every day and you feel okay enough to do the weightlifting that we're supposed to do. Right. Um, and I lost many years, like huge chunks of time in my career to just being hurt. And um, like right before that world championship in 1999, I was 16. I blew my back out. I remember I laid in bed for a week because I couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever told me to do core work. I would do crunches every once in a while with like a plate, but like that, that doesn't wait a plate, like a weight plate, like a a weight, a weight plate, that too. (laughs) But it it had no, none uh, of like the full core stability. No plank I'll give you. Yeah. No correlation to stabilizing my pelvis and my spine at the same time. It was just like, which now that seems incredibly crazy that we didn't do core work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your back hurts and my back hurts. So <laughs> there you go. So so having somebody who understands that, you know, not to put the cart before the horse and really develop a foundation. And, uh, and the technique is such that you can lift. I mean, after a couple of years as a full-time weightlifter, you're still a beginner. So the, the repetition that's required in the meantime, while you're doing all the accessory stuff, we're still doing technique stuff. We're still integrating the snatch and the clean and jerk into your muscle memory. And there's never the best weightlifter on the planet still needs his or her coach there making sure those techniques are adhered to. Um, so as long as you have somebody who, who's willing to take the time to do that for you, um, 
it can be overwhelming and intimidating. Um, I mean, the injury rate for weightlifters are just generally pretty low compared to virtually any other sport because it's about eliminating variables. Right. You get the overuse repetitive because nobody's supposed to squat and stand up that many times <laughs> loaded. Um, but things like, uh, you know, like somebody tackles you on the football field wrong one day and your career is over, uh, generally doesn't have, like, I know I talked about my elbow blowout, but it doesn't, that almost never happens really in weightlifting. It's very rare. So control, it's like you have a lot of control, but it takes a lot of years and a lot of time to be able to control the barbell like that. And lifting the empty barbell like the heaviest barbell that you can lift and it takes a lot of discipline and a lot of time but that's the goal to eliminate variables we want to do the same thing every single day um, the weights are going to change the exercises are changed so it's not as boring as i'm making it sound uh, it is a little bit boring <laughs> no. but if you like weightlifting you like weightlifting um either in or you're out you're either in or you're out uh you can't really sit the fence with olympic weightlifting because it's such a pain in the ass it's like uh so uh, I might as well learn it right. Um, yeah, but that it's it could be it can be challenging. It is a challenge. I'm finding a lot of people um, are not as good at coaching as I thought they once were. Maybe you know what I mean. Like I feel like a lot of things that people say in regard to weightlifting, yeah. I'm like, ooh. So I'm learning now. Like from now, the past, or, or like when you from hear the past. It now. Yeah. Well, well, both. Um, but now I can. I'm really starting to pick out my weightlifting coaches that are like-minded, that um, the smartest girls and guys that I know, um, and really following their lead about their philosophies and stuff. And um, because I am a practitioner at the end of the day, I just did it for so long. Mm -hmm. I competed for so long. I um, I have that experience, which is irreplaceable, right? Right, right. Um, but now this aspect of learning about why those things were happening or why I was so injured or why I, I was able to get good and kind of um, dismantle it and figure, figure, put it all back together for people who maybe are in their 30s and have, have never tried it. One of my, one of my favorite athletes... Um, a woman from Hong Kong, I make fun of her for being a brain in a jar, which literally she was for about 36 years because she had zero, zero experience being an athlete. Brain in a jar. Brain in a jar. It was like somebody gave her a body and was like, try this on, go into a gym and just see what happens. And that's that's um, this particular athlete. But it's great because it's good for me because I have to do a tremendous amount of problem solving. And it also, um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Brain in a jar. Brain in a jar. <laughs> um, but yeah, she tried out weightlifting for the, the very, it was her first sport that she, she had tried. And it's definitely, it's possible. The only good thing about that is she, she didn't have any injuries or anything right. like that. But there, um, so no matter what you do, um, there is a possibility of at least making the attempt to do Olympic weightlifting. It's, it's fun to lift a lot of weight um, successfully. Yeah. You know, everybody has that one, that one lift that they remember that keeps them coming back every single time, you know, when you just nail it. And it is really satisfying. And I notice a lot of people who um, get into the sport, they always remark um, upon how how much more uh, 
confident they feel in their Mm -hmm. daily life. And I've even noticed it between not training and training and already just being a strong person. But when I'm actually working out and lifting weights, I feel so much, I feel like I move around my environment with so much more confidence Mm -hmm. and... Um, but maybe that's my overinflated sense of confidence that you were, you were talking about (laughs) just a couple moments ago. Um, but it, it makes a difference, especially if you're a woman, I think it It makes a difference walking around knowing that you're powerful and you can move. I mean, just being back in the gym for me, the last probably three months has changed so much, Mm -hmm. so much for me. I mean, I've noticed my range of motion has, I mean, it's incredible. I could not squat down in a snatch position probably three months ago. Like, wow. I couldn't do it. I put get the bar, like, just above parallel. I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. and the bar's gone behind me. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that I've been able to move my body that way again, yeah. it's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's really great. And um, this one girl I was talking about, Katrina, she... Uh, I'm glad because she, she's also small. She's, like, 58 kilos. And if she never would have chose weightlifting... Like her bones would be hollow by the time she turned 45 and 50 years old because she literally had done nothing. And I think a lot of people are in that situation. Like there, there are a lot of health benefits associated with lifting weights. Obviously it's been, it's been what everybody's been talking about for women's health for the last couple decades. Um, But weightlifting is especially Olympic style because it's, it's interesting. It's yeah. so much more it's interesting quirky. than going in and doing some bodybuilding stuff and calling it a day. Uh, yeah, it's quirky. It's challenging. The bar develops this like personality, you know, and it's like this, it uh, has a mustache. right, right. Head. Exactly. Exactly. And it's always one step ahead. So, <laughs> so it's, it keeps, it keeps people engaged in that way. And also, but do you um, remember when we were like, in the beginning of weightlifting and they would have like a meet in the Ramada Inn and oh, like yeah. the people staying at the hotel would walk by and they're like, what is going oh, on in there? Like, doing? And, and now, and now you have to beg people to compete at the American open. It was all I could do to, cause the world championships were usually over and be like, coach, do I have to now? Everybody wants to go to the American open. It's crazy to me. It's like a big deal. It's too. a big deal. And, you know, I'm like, why are these people in Hong Kong talking about the American Open right now? Wasn't this that is... in Flagstaff, Arizona every year? I mean, oh my God, Flagstaff. Yes. So, yeah. Well, Savannah had uh, the American Open a whole bunch of times too. Yeah, that was the one that I. That was my first. My first competition. My first national competition was like. It was like the beginning of December when the American Open usually is. I just started lifting in August, and I think I snatched. Like 60 and clean and jerk like 72. Which is a ton of weight for like someone, eh, I think I'll try weightlifting today. I was 107 kilos in that competition, which means nothing to, to anybody anyone. right now. I just to realized me, we're that. Just, I said that I out really loud. I really just need I'm to like, do weightlifting. I need to do weightlifting to improve my math skills. Math skills, like, yes. 2.2. You know what I'm going to do in Barbell Club because all the weight's in there right now until I get my equipment or in pounds. <laughs> I'm going to write up on the up to 200 kilos for conversion and i'm gonna have it on the whiteboard for maybe a week or two and after that i'm gonna erase it and don't ever ask me how much a kilo weighs ever again <laughs> this is your homework to so like wait. you know what a really easy way to do it though yes and i do know this way oh okay because the the cohen's would or yeah. cheryl or somebody um you just 
Like you take so like, a pound oh. a kilo is two point two pounds. Right. So you take whatever number it is, one hundred and thirty kilos. You double it, which is two sixty, and you just take the first two digits, which is ten percent, twenty six, and you just tack it on. Yeah. yeah, that's still like so much math. So we can do forty kilos. Forty kilos <laughs> times two, 80. eighty plus eight. Yeah, you go. and it works every time. It's amazing. I know. I went to art school, <laughs> and I can do it. That that by that I mean that nobody has an excuse on the plane. If I can learn kilos, anybody can. If I can learn kilos. If I can learn kilos. Oh, this is fun. We talked a long time. So Did we? So we should go now. All my podcasts are all, whenever I'm a guest on anybody's show, it's always like way too long. <laughs> it is. It's, it's not okay. just you. Like everybody else is like, oh, it's already been an hour and a half. We got to, <laughs> we got to wrap it up. So Todd's we'll like. do like a part one, two, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Cheryl Hayworth is back on the podcast. Continuing the so, so everyone can follow you at Hayworth Weightlifting on Instagram. Yeah. And you've got a Facebook page. Hayworth without a Y. Hayworth. Hallworth. Hallworth. <laughs> you have to curl your mustache when you say Hallworth. Oh, always a step ahead. Always one step ahead. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, thank I you. love you. I'm glad I love you're you back more. in Georgia. It's good to be in Georgia. It's good to be back home. And I'm already eating way too much food. So we will post the links up to everything, and we will pick a day where everyone can come to Barbell Club, and yes. then afterwards we'll do a triathlon. Oh my God! Come on! Then everybody, you want everybody I to lose respect a, for me all at one time? I will make a deal with you. I will do the American Open. Wow! If you Open. do a sprint triathlon. A sprint? What's a sprint triathlon? It's short. It's little. But you just do one part and you forget that happened. And then- <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I am very well equipped psychologically to do this challenge. You would be fine. So it would be like a, a 10-minute swim. I'll do it. Uh hour bike. Because I mostly bike. float at this point, so that's just... <laughs> I can tether you paddling. to me and I'll pull you. I can stay in the water for, I can tread water for days. If so the you, ship goes down, I'll be fine. Cause so I'll just you're be just like, like I'll do float. it. And I'm like, crap, now I have to do the American Open. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I just called your bluff, didn't I? You're like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm like, well, you're going to be my weightlifter regardless. So that's going to happen. You saw me today. It's okay. You saw me. You don't, <laughs> you don't think I, I could barely squat. I had to. I have a systematic way of standing back up out of the squat because my left knee I was like, are so you much. coming with us? <laughs> like, give me oh, a minute. One leg at a time. I got to straighten this you one out. You know what that is? That's no. karma. You know why? Because you remember that picture of me where I was doing 70 kilo snatches for 12s and I have everything wrapped and you were like, you for have 12s? Yes. That was like, that was my like. Who made you snatch 12s in the training row. camp? But I did it. I did 70 kilos twelve for 12. That's like my claim to fame. That's the only one I have. That's all I've got left. I can't snatch 70 kilos. I can't do anything well, I can't do it now. Around. This was back in the day. Oh, that's okay. Back in the day, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But you made fun of me because I had every joint wrapped. In oh, the picture, yeah. And you're like, God. Wrists, <laughs> knees. The only reason her elbows weren't wrapped is because it's illegal in the sport. <laughs> everything thumb, everything taped. But today, when you couldn't get off the floor, I think, that's carbon. <laughs> right. You that wrapped. Now, who has to wrap their knees? And I do have to wrap my knees. <laughs> I thought my knees would feel better after retiring from weightlifting. Not yeah. the case. It hurts so much more than it ever did. But you I might was as well squ- just get back on the horse. Might as well. Life's right. not any better on this side. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well start being a weightlifter. That's that's the conclusion. That's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Life sucks and then you weightlift. Right. And then it sucks less. Right. All right. Just slightly though. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. We get to hang out. I saw Jason. Jason. Everyone's like, who's that? Oh, wait. Your husband. Your husband, Jason. <laughs> I need to stop saying things that have absolutely no context. Okay. I'm just going to let you wrap it up. <laughs>
You're going to let me? She's zipping her lips. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you very much. (laughs) 